How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi there. This is Martin Popoff, scribbler of 85 heavy metal books and host of History in 5 Songs with Martin Popoff podcast. When I need to get my kiss fix, I listen to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Listen to us both on the Pantheon Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out. What's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout Out Loudcast. We're up to episode 138. Calling this one Talk to Me 3. Woo! Wow. Talk to Me 3. All right. Well, good. I got a lot of problems with you people. Oh, wait, wrong episode. That's that's in December. We do that. No, I, I, I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a little bit of a sour mood here. I'm, I'm going to try to cheer up, but uh, I don't know. This episode might might bring out the sour. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Or or it could do the opposite. Just bring out all sorts of fucking shit that's been lingering in your brain that you just got to get it off your chest. It's like popping a big zit. Ugh, oh, I'm gonna get it out. A deuce. That too. There you go. All right. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of deuces. We had that fucking post and I put up with somebody, some like girl was bragging about the fart that she did at like a gym. And then, and it, I, then it turned into like a conversation. I'm like, you, you people are all fucking crazy. Yeah. I think Nige was the one who's like, oh, you got to add to that thread about your I want you story. That's what he said. Yeah. And then I told you guys about another story about um, me and my house. I want to tell the people this story. Get off. Get us off yeah. on a good, on a good, happy, fun note. Please do it. Fucking stuff. Nothing's better than a good fart story to get us going. Oh, it's more than that. So, oh. everybody. <laughs> so I came to visit my mom and my parents. They weren't there. It was a Saturday. My dad was at work. My mom usually does her grocery shopping. Is this a recent story? This happened about a couple of years back. Okay. Okay. And this is when they were at the old Winter Street property. Mm-hmm. And um, if you remember, there was a I, I, see, I don't even know if you remember that house. But I do. The front door. You have to yep. walk through the TV room, living yep. room, kitchen, and then the bathroom and stuff. Yeah, I remember because the Greek news was always on in the house. 
No, you're thinking of the one that you came by my house that last oh. time before we went there. That was a that was a place before they moved to their final place now. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. So my pat we get there early. It's just me and my daughter. We're like, my mom's at the grocery store waiting her to come home. And I'm like, oh, my stomach is killing me. So, Again. <laughs> so I go and destroy their bathroom. Now I know my mom. My mom has one of those Greek noses that could smell like someone taking their shoes off. <laughs> it's constant. Her George, nose. George. Yeah. Or someone doesn't wear deodorant or thing like her nose. It's like constant smelling thing. I think she enjoys to smell rotten things. It's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, I fucking destroyed her bathroom and I'm like, whoo. Thank God I'm getting out. I'm all sweaty. And I'm like, who? she's not here yet. It's like 20 minutes. So you're one of those things where you're like, do I leave the door shut with the fan on? Or do I air it out? Leave the door open and like, oh, she won't be here for a while. It'll fucking leave. You can't well, win either way with that. Yeah. So I left the door open. No. My daughter is in the back bedroom. So she, my, my mom doesn't see her. All of a sudden, I like, you know, this is like 20 minutes, half an hour later. My mom, like, you can hear the keys, like, opening up the front door. She's with my aunt. They just went back. They do their Whole Foods trip on Saturday. My mom takes two steps in, and I'm sitting on the couch. I forgot that I had done that. And I'm just sitting there, and I hear. (laughs) If it was in Greek, I have to try to. I have to Do try it. to kind of explain it, but she was like, anybody that's Greek would get this. You'd be like, oh, but yeah, it's like, oh, see, Mary, she's doing her cross. She's like, what is that smell? Oh, my God. And she runs out and she's screaming, topedaki, topedaki, like meaning the child. Where's the child? A child? <laughs> my daughter. She was concerned about her safety. Because what? Because of the smell? <laughs> she what she think? She you killed the, your daughter? She was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" <laughs> like my aunt is right <laughs> with groceries. <laughs> Gives me a look like you are disgusting. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like. What the fuck? She's like, ah, like you. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> she didn't want to bring her. She didn't want to bring her groceries in. She <laughs> the smell was gonna ruin the fresh food. Oh my god! It was just. Oh my god! I'm so I embarrassing. Like, I say this all the time when we tell these stories. Welcome, new listeners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got more of them. And then my mom has always tortured me. Like, I can't poop in her house without her, like, without, like, trying to make it sneaky and find a way. You need to do the old weird science light a match technique. That's the only way to kill that. (laughs) That's the only way to kill that. You never got up to my brother's house. No. My brother's got to have fucking McMansion up in New Hampshire and stuff. Like, eight bathrooms, fucking ten bedrooms whatever he's got with eight bathrooms you should be safe in one of them so uh everybody else is in his huge house way in the front somebody destroyed a bathroom in the back 
And my mom comes back. She's like, it was you. I'm like, it wasn't me. You, you (laughs) said so. So I was, I was denying it because it wasn't me. And she's like, no, 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 no. I know your smell. Oh, that is that is your scent. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Ugh, so sense. apparently I have a scent, Tom. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Recognize it. Needless to say, I can't wait to be on the fucking cruise with you. <laughs> oh my God. I'm waiting for that foghorn to come on <laughs> in the middle of the night on the cruise ship. <laughs> uh, uh. Hazmat people coming into the room. People be oh. fucking swinging off the friggin' thing oh. there to come and save us. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, on that happy note, buddy. Yeah, let's go. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> on that happy note, we went to a concert in Mansfield, Massachusetts last week. We did. And where it was the uh the the scene of the crime from the I Want You episode. Yeah. And uh we discussed the concert itself. Yep. And we usually do a, po- a poll. Yep. What was that this week? Yep. So we said, uh, which of these songs, of course, we always talk about the set list whenever we see Kiss. So this one was, which of these songs should be added to the set list? Because most of us, if not all agreed, there's a couple duds in that set list and would like to see them removed and thrown some classics in. So we decided to throw in the poll, Strutter, Come On and Love Me, I Stole Your Love, and Unholy. And all of you out there are fucking insane. Not because of what came in first, but because of what came in last. So I stole your love with 35%. Surprisingly, Strutter comes in at 30. Then Unholy at 18. And then Come On and Love Me last with 17. That's crazy. I mean, it's a great foursome right there. I will say I'm surprised Strutter with 30. I'm not surprised I stole your love with 35. But it's polls like this where I'd love to like tag Paul Stanley in it and be like, freaking look at this, dude. Okay. Nobody wants to hear say yeah, whatever. But we'll save that. But I don't want to. The other. I don't want to go off. Like oh, so is it really that exciting if they take out a song and then they throw in Strutter, a song that we've heard a million times in the last twenty years too? Right. Come on, people. Like it's almost like you're proving Paul right by picking Strutter. Yep. Yep. Just go ahead. So just looking at a couple of comments here. You know, a lot of people. Or for I Stole Your Love, people referencing, you know, Alive 2, people saying that Strutter should be on there as well. Um, A lot of people were talking about Unholy just because it's a newer Gene classic, you know, because they have I Love It Loud, Mm -hmm. God of Thunder, War Machine. Having something new from Gene would be cool. Uh, Yeah, like Todd Herrig right here. I seriously would love to see the demon sing Unholy more than any other Kiss song. I think this matches Gene's character to a T. Yes, exactly. Um, and then our buddy Heavy Mayo jumps in and says, take out Psycho Circus, say yeah, two for two so far, and War Machine. No. No. Can't take War Machine out. I'm with you. Psycho Circus and say yeah, yeah. Can't take War Machine out. Um, and then somebody brought up the fact, and they were kind of agreeing with what you said, Zeus, is that they're mm-hmm. having a hard time with non-makeup songs being sung by the band and makeup. Yep. You know, and I find that dynamic interesting for, I don't know, maybe I've never paid enough attention. It hasn't really affected me, but maybe, maybe that is the reason why I think some of those songs are flat. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, more 90s representation is needed, unholy, uh, arguably from their best non-makeup album. Um, Party Joe, friend from home and here in New Hampshire, he says, Razor close between Strutter and I Stole Your Love. 
Um, another pocket rocket ride saying would be nice to see revenge represented. A lot of people saying that. Um, Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, unholy. Paul needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, our buddy, our buddy Brian Krizel, criminal that strutter isn't being played. Um, and let's see here. Uh, and then uh, Bobby Bogart says my wedding party was introduced at the reception to come on and love me. Wow. Okay, that's good. That's, um, that's wow. Yeah, John Farrell, come on and love me is a must. Great Woods is an awesome venue. I don't care what the sponsors want us to call it these days. Nice is one. Is that a uh, heavy mayo? That is uh, not heavy. That is, that, that is not a he- Although maybe heavy mayo has started getting these burner accounts. Uh, a lot of people saying strutter um, and a lot of people saying unholy. So, I mean, unholy didn't win, but uh, in terms of comments, a lot of people arguing for uh, unholy there in the comments. So, our buddy Heavy Mayo again says the Tom Zeus and Murph meet and greet was a Patreon perk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right, my friend. It certainly was. And uh, we got a great one here from our buddy Nige, fellow patron here. Was it about this the, ep- wait, wait a minute. Was it about the fart one? I, I, we talked about that. No, 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 oh, no, no. This, okay. this is different. This is different. He said, love this episode, guys, especially Eric folding laundry during his drum solo. And Gene's inappropriate, oh, yeah, during <laughs> during Tears of Falling. He goes, in fact, this could be a regular feature on your show. Gene ruins a great ballad. Then Nige says, like a bridge over <laughs> troubled water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great work, as always, guys. Uh, and then, uh, then Ken in Satan service jumps. It's his great episode. Jeet's comments about DLR. I can't wrap my head around it. How can he bash the guy when Paul struggles every show? Eh, I wish I could use Gene's bathroom right now so I could leave him a seat cushion. The <laughs> seat cushion. Oh, God. Uh, and then we got Bill Sharp making some comments about the painter saying that he should be the recently employed painter and not the unemployed painter. Yeah, I think um, it was he the one that asked me, I think at one point too, like, what do you, why do you call him the unemployed painter? And I just showed him that employed yeah. painter is just one of the skits from the jerky boys. Yep. And I put it on. I was like, does this sound familiar? Because yeah. that's our entrance. Exactly. Because, wait, Yellow. Because that's our opening. Yep. Yellow. That's it. Um, all right. So that's Twitter. And then uh, what do you got on your end there with some Facebook stuff? Yeah. Over on uh, Facebook here. Lynn Garverick. I hope I'm saying that correct, Lynn. Uh, bravo to Tom and Zeus for always being objective. Shout out Loudcast is can't miss. Wow. I'm a huge Kiss fan, but Van Halen is my favorite all-time band. What Simmons said regarding DLR was idiotic, and you guys back Dave and call Simmons out on his BS. Yeah, well, you'll hear more of that later on. Thank you for that. Yeah, you, you will hear more from that today. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, Mike Rowan asks, can someone post a link to the Ace Frilly interview where he mentions, is that what Paul does? Oh, (laughs) is that what he does? Is that what he does? It seems to, I seem to remember, I can't place it. Um, Paul Stanley, ever see him sucking a cock? No. Is that what he does? <laughs> it's funny. I got. I got. I was. I was doing an interview yesterday on a radio station in Atlanta, Georgia, and that. 
that was the one question they they hit me with on the air is Paul Stanley homosexual. I said, You gotta ask Paul Stanley, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't judge people by their bedroom tastes. So, you know, what anybody wants to do behind closed doors is all right with me, as long as it doesn't affect me mm-hmm. in a negative way, you know. You know, if somebody wants to sleep with a parakeet, <laughs> so be it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we'll get in trouble for it But the great Scott Donaldson Great episode as usual Teensy Love the picks Loved hearing the review of the show Great that the energy was there Disappointed that the set list was predictable Still can't understand Eric Singer's lack of enthusiasm Go back and watch Eric Carr During the show or Peter Chris up until 78 They always played with passion I put it down to he doesn't love what he's doing anymore. I've been playing Love It Loud and Rock and Roll Night for 30 years and still hammer those drums like it's the first time. Eric is playing like Peter in 96. He plays with no power at all, and the drum solo is average at best. The whole folding of his laundry and crappy stick catches is embarrassing. He should try watching the Love It Loud or Forever videos, even though those slow-tempo songs compared to live Eric Carr is smashing the toms. I'm a fan of Eric Singer, as I've met him before. But honestly, Tommy has left him behind on performance side of things. Thanks again, boys, for your honest opinion. Stay safe and well. Peace out, Girl Scout. That's awesome from Scott. And coming from a drummer, if you guys don't know, Scott plays the the uh, the Fox in uh, Kisteria, the uh, Australian Kiss tribute band. And uh, we love his stuff. We love his pictures and videos and he shares. And of course, we love his opinion when it comes to drumming. So uh, thank you, Scott, as always, buddy. Max Lynch. Based on your description of Eric's lackluster performance, even after a mostly inactive layoff, it seems he's become a miserable in that role as the cat man. So the question is, how soon do we see a tear or more added to his makeup to express his apparent dissatisfaction? I don't think he's necessarily bored or dissatisfied. Uh, I don't think he's dissatisfied. I just, I just think well, we've said this before. I think it's just he gets up and goes to work. It's a, uh, you know, it's like a guy who goes to work at the, you know, he's an accountant or a bricklayer. He's, he, I'm a drummer and I'm going to work. It's my job. That's what he does. Nah, that what he does. <laughs> now, uh, Mark Flores music. Thanks for sticking up for Diamond Dave in your latest episode. Hey, Gene Roth. Not what he used to be? Question mark. Not to worry. In the Kiss world, this is an easy fix. Just dress someone up as Eddie Van Halen, put a wig on, and lip sync. Problem solved in Kiss world. Ooh, wow. That's pretty tough. Okay. Okay. Over on Loudcasters. Our buddy Costa Vucinas is back. Great episode, fellas. Perfect laughs for a Saturday morning. Your description of the show made me think the band, COVID Fed Up, likely had a meeting several months ago. Tommy, Demon, what's wrong? Gene, my family overseas is telling me that the fourth wave will be huge. We won't believe our eyes. What I heard won't be lies. We have too much of an inventory to hold. None of it will be bought or sold. Eric, (laughs) munching on ruffles. (laughs) Come on, you're making it larger than life. So we cancel more shows. Big deal. Marketing already changed the 2020 for 2021 on the shirts for the show in Mansfield. Gene, fuck Roth. Let's cut him loose. He'd give his rhinestone jacket a charity instead of selling millions. Plus, it seemed that the fans were leaving after a set list. Less fans, less sales at the concession stand when we do our solos. 
Get the painter guy back. We'll hook up with Benjamin Moore and offer 35% on all orders if wearing a Kiss shirt. Eric, you know, guys, because of COVID, I've been doing all my own laundry last year. I don't mind continuing to save some dollars for the band, Gene. Tommy, you hear that? Let's replace the marshals next to the drum kit with a set of washer dryers. Subliminal advertising for General Electric and Costco. Eric, I could even fold my towels during the show. It will keep me awake, Gene. We need to prepare Kiss for the afterlife. Ensure a steady stream of income coming in. You were designed to be preacher, Gene. Oh, wait a minute. For coming in. Flowing like the rivers of Babylon. Tommy, Gene, you sound freaking biblical. Maybe you're destined to be preacher, Gene. Deep in thought. Oh, yeah! Uh, Paul, boys, I was thinking of using some new moves while you guys are singing the chorus. I always liked Billy Squire. Oh, damn. That's a good one, Costa. Welcome back, brother. We missed you. Well done. Well done. Graham Richley. Great review, fellas. Would be good to know (laughs) whether that toweling down routine was Eric's idea. It seems very much like something he'd been instructed to do by senior management after sending the faxes and bringing the reports. Um, over on YouTube, Pete Staros. Great episode, guys. I love the antidotes on the trip towards the concert. First time I saw Kiss was in Birmingham, New York on the revenge tour. Keep the podcast going forever. I love it. Wow. P.S. Thanks, Pete. Vinny Vincent for president. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Um, Mr. Antonio 2005. Tom and Zeus, given the time horizon between your last beers, I can't believe it was a Schlitz or Lowenbrow that you cracked open at the last Kiss show. Gene ripping on Dave was out of left field, but who was there to distance himself from Gene controversy yet again, yet again, but Preacher Paul? I just wonder if Gene ripped on Steven Tyler instead in that interview, would Paul have jumped in to say something of how great frontman he is? No. Instead, he would have said, let's talk about Rod Stewart. In what a, a great. Movie. That's an interesting one. Remember? Interesting. That was the whole, uh, what's his <clears throat> name there? Uh, Sonny Pooney hero, Richard Marks interview. When he's like, yep. and Richard Marks like, what? You don't like? He's like, let's talk about Rod Stewart. Yep. Oh, Good one. Man. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Stratus. Great episode, guys. And your criticism, Gene, in regards to the Rolling Stone interview, calling out DLR was more than justified. A lot of us have love for the demon. I'm sure we all agree that some of his comments are more than controversial and out of touch. Yep. Uh, Craig yep. Broderick asks, is that the, is this a Lost Cities tour? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Mansfield is the outdoor venue in Massachusetts. That's where Correct. all the tours go. Yeah. Um, You'll hear a lot, a lot of places. A lot of people that aren't familiar will refer to like, oh, yeah, when Kiss came to Boston, like it, it, it's it's not it's 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 a it's just it's, it's outside the city. So when you say Mansfield, I can see why it's a Lost Cities tour. Yeah, it's like Foxborough, Massachusetts, right yeah. near there. Right, uh, right. Marty White, while it's true that Kiss is filthy rich, we've all had to cut back on amenities because of this pandemic. This has evidently affected Kiss as well. They had to cut back on laundry service, so they now require Eric Singer to fold clothes during the show. Jesus Christ. I mean, yep. yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Uh, yep. Tom, you going to wrap up some emails? Yeah, we got well, we got a good one here from Andrew Salter. Uh-oh, another story here. 
Hey, boys, I thought it might be time to regale you with another story of piss cakes, <laughs> also known as goober. I only remember a few tales of our favorite urine sniffing pal, but this one is good. It all started on a cold day in 1993 in my home state of Tasmania. When our high school would go to the local swimming pool as part of our phys, phys ed, we all jumped on the bus to go and piss cakes was dragged up the back seat with the guys who would give him grief. <laughs> I sat maybe three seats down from the back. And as the bus took off, I could hear them starting to give him dead arms and legs and the usual crap. The big kid who we called Cyclops because his eyes were awkwardly too close together, giving the illusion that he had one giant eye. <laughs> he went up to our hero piss cakes and laid a punch to his gut. And the noise that was made sounded like someone kicking a duck. Everyone started laughing as it sounded like a very strange fart, but no, we were wrong. Very wrong. Piss cakes literally shit his pants. <laughs> the laughter slowly turned to disgust as kids were running to the bus windows to escape the odor. It was a mix of corn. <laughs> it was a mix of cornflakes and dog food. Sadly, the bus had only left the school. We had another half hour to go until we got to the pool. <laughs> I can't even finish reading this. The fog of piss cakes, sloppy shart, then hit the teacher who was up front with the driver and she looked real mad. I vaguely remember the bus driver yelling something like, which of you disgraced my office? The bus pulled over and piss cakes was taken off and had to clean up his mess using a box of tissues and water from a tap. Oh. The last thing I remember of that episode was piss cakes and Cyclops sitting in the bleaches together. <laughs> piss cakes was in a towel as his shorts had to be thrown away. And Cyclops looked at us all swimming around, having a blast. Oh, Hope you enjoyed this chapter in <laughs> history. Next time I will tell the last story I remember, which I shall call Piss Cakes Revenge. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. Oh man. Oh well, and what a way to end our emails for the week. Wow. Oh, you got you got something you wanted to say too. Yeah. So over when I guess now Facebook is posting our stuff, like our RSS feed. So yep. they post our episodes on there. And yep. we actually got one from Loose Cannon over on uh, uh, Cobras and Fire. He writes two things. Biblical Gene is amazing. I can listen to him all day. And that is uh, basically Gene going around hawking kiss merchandise in <laughs> biblical times. Uh, and the, oh, yeah, in Tears of Falling from the show review brought me to tears. Uh, that might be a new segment where we're talking about something serious on this show yep. and somebody will pipe in with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also have one more comment I wanted to read. This one's from our buddy Kevin Jepson. All right. Guys, I fucking love when you do these shows. Makes me think that you don't even like Kiss. Do you like Kiss? <laughs> do you like Kiss? Love the two best friends going to a concert stories. 
but I love piss cakes, cukes, and feces stories, too. Oh, then you're going to like this episode. (laughs) Between the farting and the burping stories, so many one-liners. And the new biblical reading Gene character. I fucking died when Tom said, Peter Chris never folded laundry during a show. OMG, I'm even laughing writing this comment. Keep up the great work, fuckos. And oh, Kevin, we love you, buddy. Kevin Jepson, you, my friend, are comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> nice. We love Kevin. We love Kevin. Kevin's the best. And we can't wait. Hopefully, we'll meet you, buddy, on the cruise. Hopefully. Let's do it. Yeah. So, Tom, what we're going to do next is we're going to hop on over to Kiss World. All right. So, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, August 25th. And right before we recorded, we learned about some breaking news, uh, courtesy of the great Peter Chris. Uh, Peter Chris was scheduled to do some meet and greets at a couple of events. Uh, in the area, uh, I know he's going to be in the Northeast a little bit, doing some stuff in New Jersey, uh, I think maybe Atlantic City. But he posted this on his social media and on his official website because we don't really know who runs his social media, but he does have an official website. Uh, and he wrote this. Hello, Kiss Army. I'm sorry, but I have to cancel my meet and greets this year. I was hoping this Delta variant outbreak would improve, but it continues to get worse. So I have to cancel. I can't do them with a good conscience. Your safety comes first, and no matter how controlled or well-organized the promoters may do their shows, this Delta variant is highly contagious. If any of you got sick or worse, I would be guilty of not keeping you safe. I couldn't live with that. I love you and want everyone to be safe. They were going to put me behind plexiglass, and I would be wearing a mask and gloves. That might keep me safe, but it doesn't keep you safe when you're standing in line or gathering in a waiting room or going through a crowded hotel. If you are masked or not, the variant is too infectious, and a lot of people also have been, not been vaccinated, and even the vaccinated can spread this variant. It's too risky for all of us. When I booked these shows, the Delta virus wasn't so out of control. Now it's surging all over. I am so sorry to disappoint all of you. I am disappointed as well. I was very much looking forward to meeting you all. I will reschedule for next year, and hopefully our world will be safer then, or there will be better methods where we are all safe from infecting each other. I want to thank the promoters of Fanboy and New Jersey Horicon for booking me at their convention so I could meet all of my amazing fans and for understanding my concerns about keeping everyone safe during these challenging times. Hopefully I will see you next year. God bless you all. Peter, Chris. Yeah. I wonder if any of that is kind of on purpose to take a shot. Um, <laughs> you, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Continue that thought. Well, it's saying, yeah, I might be, but I'm not really keeping you safe because you guys are in the line and basically shitting on behind pe- plexiglass. Well, yep. we all found out who was taking uh, meet and greets behind plexiglass the last week. Yeah. Peter's and- not one to take shots. So I understand that 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 I understand what you're saying. And I, I don't doubt that some of it might be true. But I honestly think that Peter is just a conscientious guy and he's older. He's, he's in his mid seventies. Yeah. I think it's, he's got to be concerned for himself. Yeah, of course. Um, yep. More yep. so than uh, really 
anything else. He's got to yeah. be careful. And, and, and look, I, I wanted to go to one of those events and meet him and do a yep. full meet and greet, but it's not to be. Hopefully, yep. uh, it'll happen soon enough. So, yeah, yep. well, it's too bad. Yeah. And then also is the demon's birthday today. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he's had a little bit of uh, uh, bad press right before his birthday. Uh, we'll get into that stuff. And recently he uh, issued somewhat of an apology today. And we'll get into it, as I said. Uh, but it is Gene's birthday. Paul put a nice heartfelt B-Day wish for him. I liked it. What about you? Yeah, what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was a nice picture. Uh, I thought it was a, a nice sentiment. You know, I like I like when when Paul and Gene are like that to each other. Uh, we talked about it, how it was nice during the the A and E history documentary, and then to, to see the pictures and the the heartfelt comments was uh, that's always cool to see between those two. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And then obviously we lost uh, the great Charlie Watts uh, the other day. Yep. And that's too bad. Char- Charlie was obviously the Rolling Stones drummer. And we all know Paul can't miss an opportunity to, you know, ingrace himself into these things. And Paul wished him, um, you know, to rest in peace. It was a pretty nice little thing. And I, I just got to say real quick, I mean, I- I've always had that impression of Charlie Watts as like they say, like those old, I, I think of him as like the- those old 50s and 60s. Uh, Canadian hockey players, like a gentleman, like mm-hmm. they would talk about Jean Rattel from the Bruins and oh, yeah. the Rangers. That's, that's oh, a good he was analogy. A oh, Jean Bellevue, like a guy that was classy. Even till the till the end, he's always in a nice suit, a yep. shirt. Never heard anything negative about him. You always hear nice stories. He wasn't obviously bombastic like Bono, a, a Bonham or uh, Keith Moon in that era. He was just the steady machine that, you know, played the beat for the for the stones. Anything you want to add, Tom? Yeah, no, you're right. He he, he was he was a, he was iconic. He was legendary. And, and it's funny because some of his uh, legendary status is because is because of the way he played. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, he wasn't bombastic. He wasn't banging the shit out of the set. He was very controlled and kind of low key. But he did what he needed to do to make the stones kick ass. And he was just he was just regarded as just 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 iconic and and you know god bless him he was 80 years old and i mean what more can you say he's charlie watts i mean like the guy is just a you know a legend and those videos like oh. it's only rock and roll when the fucking like the friggin' bubbles and soap was like covering and he's like fucking drowning back then he's probably like what the fuck and then the obviously the start me up video oh, which god. is we could do a podcast just on that fucking video it's hilarious maybe the most hilariously insane ridiculous <laughs> video ever made coked up video this oh, side of hot legs but oh. i always remembered i saw a nice documentary on um brian jones the former guitarist for the stones Yep. who died mysteriously yep. in his pool and drowned. And I think he was the only one I forget that showed up to his funeral, the old stones. Mm-hmm. No one yep. showed up really. And uh, I remember Keith moon, they're asking moon. He was like, yeah, I, he, he started, he stole his girlfriend from him. He's like, yeah, well now she's here with me. And yeah. I just remember like, he was supposedly a bad drunk or an alcoholic. I'll never forget that English accent. He was like, they asked him, 
uh, Charlie, you know, his thoughts about Brian Jones after they kicked him out. He's like, yeah, well, when he drank, he wasn't very nice. <laughs> like yeah. that was his call. Like, you know, everyone else is saying things they're accusing him. And like, like I, you tell he's such a gentleman, like that's as far as he would push it. Yeah, he was like an he was like an English like statesman. Like he was yeah. very yeah yeah. He wasn't yeah. very nice. Yeah, and yet exactly. he was the only one that went to the funeral. He yep. always dressed up nice. He's just like somebody that everybody loved. I've never seen anything like that where yeah. everybody's like he's such a nice person. He's such a gentleman, and I, yep. I mean we tip our hat to him. You know. Yep. yep. So God bless you, buddy. Um, Absolutely. Anyway. Yep. So, but Tom, uh, what we like to do is always give a shout out to patreon yeah and we want to give a big shout out and a huge uh thank you to our latest patron mr brian krizel brian thank you so much we know that you're very active with us on uh our social media so we're thrilled and uh eternally grateful that you are now part of the patreon family so thank you so much for that uh much much appreciated and uh welcome to the fun that we're going to have on uh patreon together at shout out loudcast thank you brian yeah we uh we love our patreon subscribers it's a fun little family that we've got growing. And what happens is uh, we have uh, some things that if you jump in at a different tier, you get different uh, little perks that we do. We have some private events. And uh, right now our family keeps growing and we love it. And uh, we appreciate the support. It's been so awesome and it's helped us out a lot. So if you guys find something interesting in Patreon and want to contribute, that's awesome. We really would appreciate it. You can find it on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, the app, Patreon, or in the episode notes at the end of the episode that you can see includes links to our you know social media accounts, email, and Patreon. So tip of the hat always to these guys and Brian as well. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll just follow up quickly. Just thank you guys so much to all of you, especially Brian this week for joining the family. We we thank you guys so much and uh, just eternally grateful for everything you guys are doing and being part of the family and, and uh, helping us uh, with the show. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Tom, now we're getting to talk to me three. We've done two of these previously, and they've been on different, uh, you know, conversations. I think we did Pandemic Paul once. We did uh, Eddie Trunk and Stewart when he was getting on our nerves. We did one on Vinnie Vincent. um, And we did one on the lack of, I think it was Kiss content during COVID, I believe. And so we decided to keep this thing going and because... We find that these episodes are are therapeutic for us. So instead of just talking about something in the news and bitching and then, okay, now let's get to our draft. Sometimes we want to continue on that and, you know, expand the discussion. Well, talk to me series is where we can do that. And we're doing it for talk to me three tonight with you. Yeah, so we we this is our the third year we do is we usually do one of these once a year and it's kind of a way for us to kind of spend a little extra time and kind of purge our thoughts in a more kind of detailed extensive conversation about some big items that are on our mind. Um, you know, it it's it, it's a way for us it's kind of like Zoo said it's kind of therapeutic. You know, we kind of we kind of get these thoughts out because we're passionate about the band and sometimes what they do is get upset. And every year we do these talk to me's with about two topics and uh, we, we kind of just get them out of our system and, and kind of put them aside. And uh, this week there's a lot going on and we figured on the heels of the end of the road tour opening up and us attending that first show back in Mansfield that uh, we were going to start with some of that because we did get into it last week, but we just kind of wanted to give more of opinion and, and kind of less of reporting, which was kind of what we exactly. did last week. Yeah. So, what are the two subject matters we're going to talk about tonight? 
All right. So we're going to spend some time talking about the end of the road tour and in terms of it starting up again after about an 18 month hiatus. Uh, And then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the social media issues with the band, primarily this time with Gene. Last year, it was Pandemic Paul and his stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with Gene because there is a lot going on. He has all of a sudden been unable to keep his mouth shut or say things that are usually measured for somebody like Gene. Yeah. So first, let's talk about the return of the end of the road tour. Now, we got into a lot of that last week. But the first thing is, and, and by the way, me and Tom, again, we came up with the topic. We didn't discuss what you're, he's going to say or I'm going to say. Some of this might be repetitive. Something might be out left field. Not all these subjects are negative towards the band. Sometimes we defend the band like we did with Stewart, or we defend the band when we did with, you know, Vinnie Vincent and his craziness sometimes. But sometimes it, there's stuff that's going on that we need to discuss, and it's not always positive about the band. So yeah. the end of the road comes back. The end of the road tour comes back. You got all sorts of fucking shit that we noticed at the at the concert. Okay, you got issues with the merch being horrendous. We've got issues with. Are you fucking kidding me that you replaced David Lee Roth and didn't tell us and then just threw out the fucking painter? And then we have issues with. You guys couldn't pick up one song. The only thing you did is fuck up the arrangement of those same 20 songs that we heard before. And it just seems like they're they're hired for a gig. That's how I see it, Tom. They're hired by a band to play these dates and they're going to give them the basic bottom line show. This is what we do. This is what you'll get. No way. It's like a restaurant that's run its course. No new meals, no new appetizers, no new fucking specials. Here you go. It's good enough for you. Fucking take it and like it. It It's just, it's built up. And so all those subjects, I, I, I'm fucking, you know, frustrated. Yeah. After 18 months, unfortunately, we've been kind of kind of conditioned to kind of expect nothing in in terms of expecting things to be new and fresh. Like, you know, I know people were talking on Twitter about, you know, what do you think about them adding some new songs? I'm like, it's never it's it's not going to happen. And when you hear the band talking about it, they're like, well, you know, this might be people's first time seeing the show. So, you know, it might be repetitive to you because you've seen four end of the road shows. But what about those people that are here for the first time? Okay, yeah, fine. You know what? Great point. However, I I would venture to guess that a lot of the people at these shows. It's repeat attendance. You know, this was Murph's third show with us. This was me and you, our fourth show with us. All these other people that were sitting around us, this was not their first show. Okay. There were some first timers there. Of course you had 18 months to do something different, something, the exact same stage setup, the exact same drum solo, the exact same uh, Tommy Thayer spaceman routine, the exact same set list, but you fucked up the order of it. Why? Why? If you can't do something different for eight in 18 months, then you have really lost your way in terms of giving us something special other than what you said, Zeus, which is it's like hiring like a, like a DJ for a wedding. It's like, yep, mm-hmm. you you guys are going to get package a, uh, that's the basic package. And here you go. You're going to love it. 
And then, and then you see that DJ at another wedding and be like, this guy did the exact same thing at the Smith wedding, but now he's at the Jones wedding. He does the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Nothing's different, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's frustrating for us because we know that contrary to what Paul may think, the majority of these people going to these shows are diehards that see them on every tour. They know that. Yeah. And I feel like they think, well, what are they going to do? They're still going to come. So and, and he's unfortunately he's right. Regardless, the big cities that they attend, they'll get anywhere from 10 to 12, maybe thousand. I'm thinking, and I don't know, maybe it's less diehards that'll show up and hoping they're going to get five or seven. Hey, it's kiss. I've never seen them. Maybe I'll see them. And so they'll be like, oh, so if you first time you've seen them, you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. It's pretty cool. I recognize some of those songs. Nobody that's going fucking to this show the first time is being like, oh, my God, thank God they played Say Yeah. Oh, my God, you know, they played fucking Psycho Circus. Nobody is. But I will tell you that at least 10,000 people there would be like, fuck, they dipped into their fucking bag and pulled out Come On and Love Me. Holy shit, they pulled out fucking, uh, I don't know, you tell me, Tom. Fucking, I stole your, I stole your love. I stole Unholy. your love. She, yeah, you know, or, or firehouse. I mean, we're not asking him to go deep into like Mr. Speed or almost human. We're not asking for that. I know, we're asking for, for we're asking for songs that were on a live one, a live two, a live three. Yeah. You know, or, 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 or even for that matter, songs that were on your last two albums that were neither one of us yeah. are huge fans of, but I mean, I would and, rather and, hear fucking, Modern day Delilah or Hell or Hallelujah over yep. fucking say yeah for the 20th time. The other aspect of it, this set list, what has changed since like basically 2012 for the band? Oh, nothing. Nothing. If you go back, the, the, the set list in general hasn't changed in like 20 years. It's been a nostalgia act for the Correct. last 20 years. Correct. So, most of these people have seen the band. So if you saw them in 2014, 15, whatever, you're like, oh yeah, it's the same fucking songs. You're probably still excited because you've seen them now with the the end of the road stage might be a little bit different for you to envision, but it's still the same fucking music. So you're like, I didn't miss that thing. If your nostalgia act or end of the road tour has been going on for fucking 12 years and there's no need for it. Give the fans your touring. Yeah, it's interesting too because you think back we when we saw them in Manchester in February 2020, that was their first. That was their first show back in the U.S. Yeah. So and and guess what? They surprised us. They threw Parasite in the set list. We were mm-hmm. like, whoa, wow! They threw us a bone. Okay, that's kind of cool. Then the New Year's Eve show in Dubai, they threw in Strutter. Wow, mm-hmm. something cool. They threw us a bone. So there was a little bit in the back of my mind, like, okay, they've been off for 18 months. Maybe they'll do one or two new things because they have shown so far that they will throw in a song. Nothing. You t- Parasite's gone. Strutter's gone. Everything else is right back in there. We've seen two like come back. Even, even when we saw them first in the garden, it wasn't too long after the end of the road tour actually started from when they opened in Vancouver. Right. So we, you know, and then Manchester and Mansfield are the yep. opening parts of the tour of yep. different legs. Same shit. Nothing yep. like our expectations are so fucking low. We're so defeated. Yet we still yep. go. 
We still buy the tickets. We still do stuff. They won't reward us with anything. Now, I know they're doing that, some pre-shit show. I've seen meet and greet slash whatever uh, with people, and they start grabbing the acoustic shit like they used to do and uh, play some songs. I heard them do uh, Hard Luck Woman. I forget the other song I saw them yep. do. Which, which uh, with that, with that, I'll give them credit. That's creative. They don't want to do the meet and greets because of COVID. That's fine. Although people saw that that plexiglass thing, I think that might have been the end of the meet and greets. Yeah, they uh-huh. got the but, shit but you're right. That. But you're right. They do it. They're doing those, those pre-show like sound check, you know, fan engagement events, which are that's that's cool. That's creative. That it shouldn't t- it shouldn't have taken COVID for you to freaking do something that awesome. But if you could do those songs, why aren't you fucking doing them live? Boom. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the funny thing, too. The people that are paying for those meet and greets or whatever you want to call them now, sound check, you know, show. Those people like not everybody might not everybody may have the means to to spend money on those personalized events, but the majority of the people in the crowd are those people. So, like you said, if you can play, if you can pull out hard luck woman or something random for those those special events. You can't throw that into the set list. I don't understand it. And again, you brought it up too earlier. The merch. I understand those T-shirts have been sitting there for 18 months. We have to get rid of them. Okay, fine. They made one new T-shirt design and you can barely tell that it's new. Other than the dates and the names of the cities on the back, the shirts are all the same. You had again, I keep saying you had 18 months to come up with something special to reinvigorate your fans with the tour kicking up again. Maybe, maybe, maybe I know they're not going to do it. Maybe change the name of the tour. Maybe it's not the end of the road or maybe do something extra creative. But again, you get the same stage set, the same, the same business, the, the same godforsaken drum solo. I mean, come on, people. Do I need a drum solo? I'm sorry. <sighs> In this day and age or the like I get it the first time someone's seen the Tommy Thayer thing like that's different but how many times can I see it now it's the same we sat, thing for we sat down years we sat for down during years it. it's the same shit like do I need to see this stuff you know it the problem is it becomes one of those things where it's like and they always love to say we wouldn't be here without you the fans <laughs> and they love to spout it and it's just one of those things that becomes Oh, yeah, kissing the fans, kissing the fans. Oh, yeah, because they always say the fans, the fans, the fans, fans. How much of this is a slap in the face to us? Same fucking set list, same fucking merch. And then you kick off David Lee Roth and you bring back the fucking painter. There is nobody in their fucking right mind that doesn't think that's a slap in the face. You can't put on another band or something, end of the road, you just throw him in there like, oh, yeah, David Gallivale, he's going to fucking play. The unemployed painter, nobody wants to fucking see. And you just expect us to be like, oh, they'll take it. What are they going to do about it? Fuck them. And, and not to mention, Gene is on record is continually saying, well, Rock is dead. Rock is dead. Well, you know why Rock is dead? Because the reason why Rock wasn't dead in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s is because bands like you took young upcoming bands under their wing like you were taken under bands wings 
to promote yourself, put the spotlight on you and get people to know that rock isn't dead. So you could have taken a band out there, like a band, like say like dirty honey, that's fairly popular amongst rock fans, you know, that, that, that are really into that. A ba- there's other bands out there that might not be huge, might not be popular, but have a growing fan base, maybe due to streaming, or maybe they've released some kind of colored vinyl online or something mm-hmm. that people are into do that invigorate your crowd with something but no we're gonna have a guy come up and literally watch paint dry literally that's what we're going to do (laughs) and you think that's a good entertaining idea that is bizarre it's a slap in the face it's insulting it's con it's like condescending like fuck them they'll take it it's the dave Chappelle. you know why because fuck them that's why like that's that's what that's what they're saying it's exactly right and the funny thing is, and the funny thing is too, and there are times when I think of this, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because we do this during these talk to me things. You know, I, we had a great time at the show. Okay. It, the crowd, the crowd was fired up. We had a great time. And there are times when you go to a kiss show where it's like, sometimes when you go, you put on empire strikes back, you mm-hmm. know, what's going to happen, but you love the movie. You love the characters. You love the effects and you're into it and you love it. But the difference between Empire Strikes Back is that's a 41 year old movie that is never going to change because it can't. It's on film. Oh, don't a say Kish- that to George Lucas. Well, that's true. A kiss show is a living, breathing event that can change anytime the people involved want it to change, but they're choosing not to change. It. I'll, I'll give you a better example. Go ahead. Every summer. We're in Massachusetts. Well, New England, let's say, right? Yep. How many times does Jaws come on in July? Do you change the channel? Never. You know what's going to happen. They're never going to touch the movie. You watch it. Same thing. Oh, Kiss is on. I'll go watch it. But the thing is, we're paying you to watch it. And you can change it. So it's almost like you're directing a play. And they're never changing the cast. They're never changing the dialogue. You know, it's just... What the fuck? Then call them. Then they should be doing a Broadway show. They, 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 you're right. That's a really good analogy because when when a when a play when a Broadway show goes on tour, it's the same thing every night because that's the show. When you go to a concert, we've been to a million different concerts, a million different bands and genres. The unpredictability is what makes it exciting. Okay, and two of the bands that I've seen the most, other than Kiss, are probably Pearl Jam and Metallica. And two of the most exciting things about going to their shows, what are they going to play tonight? What's the deep cuts? I mean, you can roll off the 10, 12 hits. You know they're going to absolutely play, mm-hmm. but you know, you never know. There's going to be some crazy cover song or some gem tonight that I haven't heard in 10 years. I, this is going to be really cool. And then when they play it, like, fuck, I can't believe that. I never expected that. Uh, is Pearl Jam playing Won't Get Fooled Again? Are they playing Redemption Song by Bob Marley? They will throw out all sorts of fucking shit. Yep. And they don't care. And people aren't walking away being like, well, I didn't get to hear fucking this song. Well, guess what? Maybe the next time they come around, you'll hear it. That's exactly right, which is why people continue to go to Pearl Jam shows, because literally they're never the same show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other elephant in the room is, Tom, and, you know, I will we'll never get a straight answer about this, is the reason they don't change anything is because everything is choreographed and, and pre-done. Oh yeah, it's and like, I hate it's, to, I hate to think that. I yeah. hate to think that that they and they would be all oh, if we you know add this song we ad lib this, you know they make it sound like nobody else does it. Well, you know the lights and stuff would have to be changed because we're doing this song. Is that 
dude, is it that difficult? Nobody else does that. Or is there something else going on that can't be changed? First of all, you're right. That's what they're going to say. And they're full of shit. And I'm going to come back to an example of like Metallica. Okay. There are certain songs that Metallica plays, for example, like when they play one, they have video screens similar to what Kiss does with like, yeah, War yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? They have their pre-programmed scripted choreographed songs throughout the, throughout the night. But if they decide to play some random deep cut from 1985, guess what? Just have the fucking light shine on them and blink and flat. You don't need to like schedule something for an un, an, an impromptu deep cut. Like you said, yeah. oh, hey, hey, what? we're going to throw in uh, friggin' uh, I Stole Your Love Tonight. Okay, well, then just have the lights flash, you know, red and green or whatever. You know, I mean, not everything needs to be like, well, we can't because the flash pots aren't timed or whatever. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, you know what you do? You have three songs in the set list that have the same generic type of lighting that Correct. you can easily sub out in case you want to do something. Because obviously, Bingo. you're going to do the Love Gun skit where Paul comes out. And then you're going to do the freaking whatever solo that ends up being Tommy shooting things. I get yep. it. Like there's stuff that God of Thunder and uh, War Machine. I, we get that. But there are others. You mean there's something set up for fucking say, yeah, other than Paul's intro. This one, you're going to say, say, yeah. Or Psycho Circus, which now bled into 100,000 years. There was some set up for that. There's not. You can change those two right there. And, and, or and another. The end. Do you love me? Well, do you love me? They actually played some footage. They couldn't do some other song where they play the background is the footage of like previous kiss history going on. They couldn't do that while they played fucking, uh, I don't know, Tom, uh, nothing to lose. Exactly. An an actual, you think about a perfect place to rotate a song in and out is when Paul flies out onto that, onto the little Island there, because there's nothing, there's, there's nothing going on there. He does. I was made for loving you and love gun. And while those songs are going on, there's nothing. There's some lights flashing. There's some stuff. That's an opportunity for if Paul's going to fly out. Okay. Guess what? Tonight, we're going to take out love gun tonight. He's going to do, uh, I, 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 I don't know, friggin', you know, show no something, whatever, but because th- those aren't scripted, there's no screens. There's no, there's no bombs going off and everything. But like you said, the, the, the solution to that is have three spots in the set list that are ready to be plugged in with any song that have generic effects that don't, that aren't song dependent. You know, it's funny because it's not a gene thing. That's why when you see the, that Gene uh, Simmons solo band was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Because they would play all sorts of random shit, all yep. the deep cuts you could ever imagine. Yep. This is fucking Paul. And it's all because they opened their fucking mouths up about shitting on bands when they never expected it to come back and bite them in the ass. We'll show you how the big boys do it. All that stupid shit. And now they can't handle it. What they should be doing is giving Paul some lift and help put a couple girl back singers. Like a lot of bands do put something, have Tommy and Eric help out a little bit and give Gene one or two new extra songs to take back from Paul. And we'd all be fucking happy. Cycle circus and say, yeah, come out of the set list. No one is fucking bitching. I'm telling you. Not that. one, not one, not, yeah. not, not one. Per- and it, not, not only are people not bitching, there's people like us celebrating. Yeah. And, it, and if they take out, like I said, do you love me or crazy nights or tears are falling and they throw in unholy. You think anybody's bitching? Come yep. on. I agree. It's and, and, all and, the voice stuff, Tom. It's that. 
That's the issue. And that's why they're not doing it. The other thing that's kind of frustrating too. Uh, and again, this, like we said earlier, the, the, the talk to me here is, is purging a lot of stuff here. The other thing that's frustrating is we know that they can play some of these deep cuts or some of these, you know, second tier hits because they do it on the fucking kiss cruise every year. They know that they know these songs. They can do them. They can do them. They don't want to do them. They don't want to do They'd have to do this because Paul can maybe, eh, I don't know how this is going to sound. I'll do my best. He right. doesn't want it. The, the fucking cell phone and the, then right here, you can say right here, <laughs> his mouth is against the mud. Those fucktards. Breaking it down like the Zapruder film. Yep. Yeah. Fucking ruined it for the rest of us. Yep. So it's just one of those things that I, I we know it's there. We'll go to the next show. Yep. But we got to bitch about it. I'm sorry. Yep. It's yep. the old fucking Jericho Star Wars wrestling and kiss three main things that you got to bitch about. We love it, but we bitch about it. And it's funny because I know people are listening to this and saying, you guys keep bitching about this, but you guys also keep going to the shows. You gluttons for punishment. And when, yeah, you're right. That's the, that's the life of a kiss fan. And we have, we have no one else to blame, but ourselves, you know, cause, cause you're right. We know that, you know, Murph, Murph had a funny line um, when he went with his, uh, when he took his daughter that we mentioned last week, uh, they let they had to leave a little bit earlier in the show, and the, and his daughter was was like, you know, I feel bad that we're gonna leave, and Murph was like, I know exactly what's gonna happen next. And as they're walking down the concourse, he pretty much is narrating the show to his daughter, and yeah. his daughter's like, How the hell did you know that? And he's like, Because it's the exact same show all the time. This one was a little mixed up in terms of the shaking up the set list of the order of songs. But it was the same. It was the same. And again, let me let me let me end end this bit of the rant with saying it was a great show. It was if it's the last time I saw them live, I'm happy with it. But it's frustrating that they just can't do a little bit more for the diehards, because in my opinion, that's really the majority of the people that are going to these shows. Yeah. And I would say I think they can do a lot more, not a little more. Yeah. They can do a okay. lot more. Okay. And that doesn't mean, oh. They played Parasite, a song that they've rotated in and out the last 20 years. Yep. Like they're playing the same 25 songs. Yep. In the last whatever. You know, it that's not to me a fucking like, oh wow, my God, they threw a fucking let me go rock and roll in. You've been playing that in and out. Give well, me something different. Well, think about this real quick. When we did our episode, when we reviewed the Hot in the Shade tour in 1990, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll never forget. And it was funny because it had been so long. We always talk about the set list when we do our tour review episodes. Yes. And I remember looking at that set list and we were like, you know, there's anything familiar about this? And we're like, yeah, with the exception of like three or four songs, it's the fucking end of the road set list. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, was a re- ni- that, that was 1990. And they just released an album. Right. Exactly. So if you took out those new songs from yep. that album, you're like, yeah, it's the same fucking thing. Pretty much with the exception, you know, the two things that stick out for me is I stole your love and fits like a glove that they threw in there, along with the, a couple of the songs from Hot in the Shade. But other than that, it was all the same. Yeah. Yep. It's too bad. So that's part one. Yep. Part two is social media. So let's leave Tommy out of it because I, Tommy barely uses it when he does. It's he's promoting nice things. He's got a vineyard coming out or. 
put mm-hmm. something about his family or he's on the beach and shit. And we joked about it, like, fuck you, fake, fake ace. He's probably like, motherfuckers, fake like, ace, nice wine, nerd. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably like, dude, I can't even put an, a post up of me hanging out with my fucking family, drinking wine without somebody being in the fucking comment section. Fuck you, fake Fraley. And he literally seems like the nicest guy in the world. Like yeah, yeah. You, you guys saw him in the history documentary. He seems like the nicest, most easygoing dude. Yeah. And the same can be said about Eric Singer. People think he's a really nice guy. Haven't had the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, mm-hmm. everybody says he's a great guy. He doesn't even use social media. Nope. So we're going back to the original two. Well, Paul and Gene, there's always Ace, too. He hasn't been a bright spot on social media either with this. Whoever runs his account, his stupidity. Once well, by the way, don't forget, we're going to see Ace in about a month, and I haven't right. heard a peep from him. Has, has anybody done a wellness <laughs> check on him? Is that what he does? Oh, six. Oh. I can't I'm over wait here. <laughs> Comes out and goes. Hey, that's rock and roll. <laughs> Wait, but you have to you have to tell you have to tell everybody who you are. What's your name? I'm Ace Friley. Someone's gonna be like pushing him. Ace, Ace. Showtime, come on. Huh? Well, I yeah, I'll, I'll be right out. Hey, fucking, where's my water? Throwing oh. water bottles at the promoters and shit. Anyway, they were um, throwing things at you. <laughs> they were throwing <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're talking mostly right now. Lately, Gene has been kind of like, dude, do not have enough money. Like, so trying to get all these like cryptocurrency shit viral, putting stupid shit up, retweeting crap. And then, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking uh conservative commenter was against uh the covid vaccine died today from covid you know to retweet sad <laughs> like dude what are you trying to say sometimes he won't even do that yeah like it's like you'll throw it out there and stuff i don't know what it is all of a sudden now he's just gotten to the point where i think he's got no fucks to give he doesn't care that's why he opens his mouth up and says stupid shit about David Lee Roth. And then, which is part of, you know, we were talking about in the beginning, we'd save it to this point. I don't know, Tom, you heard something of an apology. Was that an apology? I know. Yeah, we had we had some people talking about that. Uh, <laughs> I love when people apologize, but their apology is said. I it's. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. <laughs> so I'm sorry so- you got upset. Exactly. I'm sorry that you're a pussy and were upset by me being a dick. Like that. That's. But I here's, called here's, your, I called your mother a whore. I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. Here are the words. <laughs> here, here, here it is right here. And he, he did. He did this. Um, it was an interview with uh, Us Weekly. I, I have no idea. He says. I am so sorry and ashamed, actually, that I hurt Dave's feelings. I'm the guy, actually, that saw Van Halen in a club. That, so, hold there on. Let me, let we me go. This is, this, this is what makes the whole thing fucking hilarious. He's in the middle of trying to apologize, but he has to remind you about who he is. I'm the guy, actually, that saw Van Halen in a club, signed them to my production company, <laughs> flew them to New York, 
produced their first 20, 24 track, 15 song demo and championed the band. And actually we took David out as our opening act on end of the road tour. And in the course of an interview, you hear me talking. I just sort of stream of consciousness. I don't mean to hurt people's feelings. And every once in a while, diarrhea of the mouth comes out. Um, you know how yeah. somebody that was sincere, Tom would say that part of it. They'd say, I've known David for this many years, but he has to put the fucking, Hey, Gene did this part instead of just saying, you know, I've known Dave for years. I shouldn't have said that it was a fucking dick move. I'm not, who am I? What he should have said on this part is like, who am I to criticize anybody? We're all getting older. I didn't mean it to come across as though Dave's not still fucking Dave doing the best he can and still a great performer. All I meant to say was like, all of us earned this. And I said it incorrectly. And I apologize. Dave's still awesome. And I, you know, we wish we had him on the tour. So something like that. Not, I'm sorry, I heard Dave's feelings. Yeah, because he continues. I read the quote and somehow the way they put it together. So, of course, he's blaming the reporter. I think I said something like nobody touched Dave in his prime, not Robert Plant, not Jagger, not anybody. He was the king. And then somehow there was a segue to Elvis being bloated on the ground, fat and naked. And then I don't want to see that. I wasn't talking about David, but that doesn't matter. What matters is I hurt David's feelings. And that's more important than the intent. So I sincerely apologize for that. I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. It reminds me of the guy that gets out of a truck and says, hey, sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to run you over. Well, what the fuck's the difference? You've been run over. (laughs) Now, I can understand if he said, look, you know, Dave is awesome. Dave is awesome. And the reporter says, do you not think he can keep, you know, well, you know, Elvis, nobody wants Elvis at this. You know, is there context? Did he get led down that road? How did that conversation go there? Maybe there was other stuff. And then all of a sudden that got cut out. And so the, there is no transition. There's Dave was awesome. And Elvis is dead in the toilet. It's just, it doesn't matter, Gene. No one's going to believe that the, the, the comment was taken out of context. Uh, unless you have proof and be like, play that fucking video. That's bullshit. I would never disrespect David like that. Play the fucking comment. And I said, I don't want to be like that like dead or like Elvis or none of us want to be like that. And so if that was the case, then call him out on it. He fucked up. And what we've been thinking is who fucking went in and said something because his passive aggressive partner was posting shit all over social media, praising David Lee Roth. Oh yeah. Randomly out of nowhere. And, And this, and this is how you know that it was intentional. Paul Stanley on Twitter. The very first thing, Speaking of David Lee Roth, okay, Paul, what do you mean? Who's speaking of David Lee Roth? Yeah, your partner is speaking of David Lee Roth. He says, I remember seeing him in the 70s with Van Halen at Madison Square Garden and thinking to myself, there's a new sheriff in town. Just amazing what he had evolved into a few short years. On stage, he's still Diamond Dave. Dude, can either one of these fucking guys get out of their own way? Why? Why? You open your mouth. You say these things. Everybody knows When you open up your tweet with speaking of David Lee Roth, you're referring to everybody else that's talking about David Lee Roth and what your partner just said. And you know that Paul was like, Gene, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Now I have to go out and say something, but I got to be passive aggressive about it because I don't I don't want to throw your name into my tweet. Or I'm just going to randomly praise DLR. Wait, or. I hope people and the fans don't go back and keep bringing up what a lot of people are saying. 
who the fuck are you to talk about a singer? Bingo. Look at your singer. So let me yep. deflect. So people will be like, oh, let's leave Paul out of it. We don't need to attack him. Or David doesn't have to say, fuck off. I've heard. I know your, your band plays tracks and shit. Paul had to come in and save that shit. Which, which, by the way, David Lee Ross reaction to when Gene went off on him was David Lee Ross taken to Twitter and posting that meme of that little kid with, with the giving the finger with the sunglasses. So that was, and he, and he, and and then he did like it on a, Instagram, like fucking 20 times. Exactly. He kept doing, it. he kept doing it. So that was, that was interesting. And then of course, I think it was, uh, let's see, we're recording on Wednesday, the 25th. Then Gene comes out uh, after, after for, first, first Gene said his thing, Paul said his thing. And then we just talked about Gene doing his apology. So you got to wonder, was that apology? Where did that come from? That, that apology ish thing that Gene said, was that, Paul getting in his ear saying, look, you got to get out there and do this. You're getting bludgeoned right now on social media. Oh, you're missing one other part. And we didn't bring it up in our in our conversation, though. Tom. Okay, we forgot. Go ahead. In that same. Uh, was it Us Weekly? Yes. Who? What is he pimping right after that? His art exhibit. Unbelievable. Uh, no, you're right. Hold on a second, star child. You mean to tell me. These suck. Our fans are buying your art. Hmm. I've always so, been an artist myself. Well, guess Come what? See then? the Gene Simmons art exhibit on this day. Hey, Gene, we're having trouble because people don't want to go because recently you're in the news shitting on David Lee Roth. Hmm. Okay. Well then, you know what? If Paul and Gene are so great at art, why aren't they the opening show painting a fucking <laughs> picture instead of David Garibaldi? <laughs> Uh, uh, wouldn't that wouldn't that be a wonderful uh, that I'm not kidding that I would actually go see. So Paul's painting up there and all of a yeah. sudden Gene walks behind him and goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone says, oh, is that is that Paul? He's painting up there. And then he oh, comes yeah. out with his glasses way down and looks around half dead and goes, is that what he does? <laughs> But getting back to some of the gene, the stuff that Gene's been doing on social media, that's non David Lee Roth related. Like last year, pandemic Paul was part of uh, talk to me. And, you know, it's funny because time has passed here for me, for me personally, where at least Paul was speaking his mind. He was using his words and putting his thoughts out there. He wasn't necessarily being passive aggressive or cryptic. Gene is just retweeting stuff with no comment and everything he's retweeting is the exact same thing. Like you said, person who made fun of the vaccine dies of COVID like no cop, just, just retweeting that. You know, like you said, Senator who voted against mask mandates dies of COVID. <laughs> yeah, like, a- like what, what? Okay. Okay. Well, then if, what do you, and so then if what he, he does, believes he, it, I get what you're saying. If he believes it, then say, Look at this mistake this senator made. Thank you. Don't let that be you or something like that. I get Thank it. you. Because you post, you retweet it. And I understand there's tons of people out there that retweet. And sometimes in their comment, you know, in their bio, it says retweets do not equal an endorsement. I get that. But he posts that, retweets it. And people are commenting, be like, Gene, why'd you retweet this? Do you feel bad for this guy? Does this person deserve it? What, 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 are, you, what are you doing here on this? You know, and that's the thing, like you said, or he's, way back he once in a while he did he would retweet stuff and he would be presented without comment 
Okay, Gene, that right there is a comment. See, sometimes Gene can be cute and like oh, endearing yeah. that Agreed. I love. So, yeah. like for instance, Peter Chris. I don't know if that's the Peter Chris, real Peter Chris on social media. It's not. I don't know. I don't um, think it is. But no, you know, he wished him a happy birthday. And yeah. then just just the simple little thing he writes, hi, Pete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's Gene. That's Uncle Gene that we love. It's just now lately, it's all about like, you know what happens? It's all of the cryptocurrency and he loves to post this shit. And we're all like, Jesus Christ, stop trying to make this thing a, a thing. Like, is it not enough? Stay, stay tuned for the Gene Simmons non-fungible tokens that we'll be selling soon. Yeah, just. Uh, and then he's fighting with fans about COVID and stuff. You know, I, I feel bad, though. Recently, he didn't lose his dog. You know, and uh, that was pretty sad. He posted something about losing his dog. I think the dog's name was Axel. Yeah. And I think it was maybe it was Sophie's dog, but. You know, I still feel bad for him, but for that, there so, is no, there is no Old Testament. Remember, oh yeah, fucking. the 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 book of Deuteronomy says so. Uh, oh, Gene, he, that's in the Old Testament. There is no Old Testament. Okay, all right. And then, so somebody a couple of days ago wrote to him, "Wow, twelve engagements in Vegas, yet you canceled today in Connecticut, and there's no storm. Good job canceling. Next time, pay." To Connecticut's uh, weather forecast. Greg, don't be a putz. <laughs> the, lo- the local <laughs> officials the local officials told us to reschedule the sold-out Hartford show because of weather. And we will. Now go get a hobby or something. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's just sometimes he's funny with that shit. I told you guys. Like the ones where he repeats the guy's Twitter handle is are always my favorite. Oh, that's the best. Uh, listen, I poop too much. Let me explain to you. Like, now move along. It just, oh my god. Um, and he's gotten a little political. He went off on Trump, which he used to be friends with, obviously, because he was on The Apprentice. Oh yeah. But now he's talking about that. I don't know if Paul has gotten to him. He usually stays out of it. And we always used to see him on Fox and stuff. So I always yeah. knew he was conservative in that aspect of things. But, you know, now he's just letting it out. Yeah. He has no he, problem. And it's funny, too, because Paul, on the flip side, has been completely silent. Like, he, he very, very, like, let, 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 last year we, we crowned pandemic Paul, like, all that stuff. And now he's just, he has really turned a corner there. And it's almost like, he's like, I'm just going to let Gene friggin' burn himself to death with his social media. I'm just going to stay over here and, and praise David Lee Roth and post pictures of me on stage. So it's, it's kind of a, an interesting turn of events here. And this is why, you know, kind of segueing just a little bit from Gene. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm concerned about the cruise is that every, everything that Gene posts is about, COVID and people getting sick and dying or not being vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera. And like we said earlier in the news, Peter Chris just canceled his meet and greets because of COVID. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I know that we're not talking about the cruise right now, but just what Gene's doing is just concerning to me. Well, yeah, you know? he's, he's reposting everything. If you read his timeline, you might think it's my timeline fucking posting all these COVID things there. Yeah. But yeah. the thing about it too. Oh, and if, you know, speaking of what you were talking about, the cruise and things like that, Tom, 
he he mentioned it recently in an article where he said, like, look, if one person on our tour, and he's not talking about the band, gets COVID, that's it for the tour. Yep. So I get that. So maybe, Tom, it's not political. It's monetary. So he wants everyone to get this COVID. Look, motherfuckers, I yep. need to get that coin. Go get vaccinated or I will lose all my investments in cryptocurrency you're probably right you're probably right because he because they they cut down those meet and greets and he's like we need to figure out a way to make that revenue i know come over here and watch me plug in my bass guitar for 30 minutes that'll be a thousand dollars let's not pay david lee roth a couple hundred thousand dollars let's give the let's let's give the painter 500 bucks in a bowl of soup and that's how we'll save some money. Here, take an old end of the road tour shirt that says 2020 <laughs> on it. Yeah. Honestly, if you cut out David Lee Roth and put on the painter, wouldn't you say that makes up for all the meet and greets? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know enough about. I would think so. Know. And maybe that's why it happened. We need to recoup some of that moolah. Well, David Lee Roth being gone is definitely. A, a financial I think it's a com- we talked about this a little bit last week I think it's a combination of a financial situation and a they're talking about David Lee Roth too much he's performing great yeah I, I just there's something there but I think yeah. he's not alone all of them kiss sometimes they're engaging let's let's switch let's go to his partner go all of a sudden now he's a fan of Metallica did you know that oh <sighs> I'm glad you brought that up. This is just ridiculous. Metallica's iconic self-titled album recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. And a lot of rockers have been reflecting on its impact on metal. Paul Stanley praised the group on their accomplishments and explained how the album turned them into a worldwide phenomenon. How could you not be a Metallica fan? Stanley said, Eric Carr was the one that brought Metallica into our realm. And he did that quite a bit earlier in the early, early days of Metallica. But in terms of becoming a worldwide phenomenon, I would have to say the Black Album was what did that. It retained the grit and the passion and the rawness of what they had done up until that point, but it managed to package it in a way that had a more widespread appeal. All right. Honestly, Paul, shut the fuck up. I have been following you since I was five years old, since Metallica was a thing. That is the first time in my entire life I have ever heard you say the word Metallica. So ever. When you say that, he's also trying to wrap himself up. Well, Eric Carr brought us to him from exactly. Yeah. And you were probably like, get that shit away from me. Just because he brought it to you or you heard Eric Carr mention the band doesn't mean you were a fan of them. Yeah. When Eric Carr was bringing Metallica to kiss, that was kill them all. Ride the lightning master of puppets. Meanwhile, Paul is frigging singing. Bang, bang. You He ain't listening to fucking Metallica. Yeah. So uh, you know, enough. Again, he's always trying to ingratiate himself with like the current event. Oh yeah, you know? somebody dies, somebody's accomplished something. A fucking uh, the stupid long-haired comedian Richard Lewis overcame alcohol. Let me ingrace myself in this conversation. A fucking Essie Cup, the political commentator, oh, yeah. talks about her fucking anxiety and and um, 
sort sort of like mental health stuff. Let me engrace yeah. myself with that. Oh, yeah. somebody praised Tony Bennett. Let me talk about Tony Bennett. I saw Joni Mitchell and she told me she has a kiss pinball machine. Let's take Joni Mitchell and make her part of kiss story. Dude, these yeah. people don't like you. You know, it's what's, okay. you know, what's, you know, what's funny that you said, and this kind of, this kind of brings us back to what we talked about at the audience at the shows. Paul forgets that there are people like me and you that have been following this band forever. Like he thinks he does. Does Paul think he's like some celebrity who's just starting with a clean slate that has no 50 year history. So when he, when he texts about Metallica, it's amazing. Star child praising Metallica that he's full of shit. He's praising Metallica. He's doing it because everybody's talking about the 30th anniversary of the black album. Yeah, and they overshadowed you. So you want to be in oh. that realm, like, oh, Paul Stanley talks about Metallica, so that yep. it can be ingrained in into that conversation. Yeah, Th- he does that with everything nowadays. Things yep. that don't even concern him is, oh, who cares what Paul Stanley thinks about this shit? It's the old fucking what do you call it, Dave Chappelle line. Uh, after nine eleven, uh, MTV, uh, we got Ja Rule on the phone. Let's hear what Ja Rule's. Are. I don't. I don't want to fucking give a shit about what Ja Rule has to say about 9-11. Fucking, I'm, I don't want to dance. I'm scared. Because I'm fucking what Ja Rule has to say. That's what it is. <laughs> well, I, I, I know I know that when, I, oh, when I'm... When I'm when I got I, a problem. I don't know what to do. Somebody, please, get Ja Rule on the phone. Ja- Help me understand what's going was- on. <laughs> That's why Dave Chappelle's the fucking best. <laughs> no, but you're right. When I when I'm when I'm when I'm opening up my my you know Metallica Black album, getting ready to listen to Enter Sandman, like, oh, you know what? Paul's right. Who doesn't like Metallica? Yeah. Oh, like, no, no, no. oh yeah. Let me let me understand why Paul Stanley <laughs> thinks this is a great album. Oh, because if it, Paul doesn't say it, nobody will think it's a great album, right? Honestly, we, I, correct correct me if I'm wrong, listeners out there. Has Paul talked about Eric Carr in Metallica before? That just seems the most made up story in the world. Like that just seems like the most phony thing in the world. I remember when uh, Tommy Thayer brought me the first Eminem album. I said, <laughs> that guy's going places. Like, come on, dude. I re- Stop. That was back. I remember when Bruce Kulick brought me Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. That album is fantastic. How could you not love Flavor Flav? Yeah. Especially when he's doing VH1 shows and then one of the contestant ladies takes her shit on the floor in the first opening episode. Was it friggin' Cyclops? No, it was. Her name was something. She's like, I got to go. And she fucking pooped all the way up to the staircase like fucking cancun tom oh don't don't do it don't do it don't all do right, it we'll, we'll save it but see this is what happens with these talk to me episodes we purge ourselves we feel good we kind of wrap things up as we're laughing because who doesn't like metallica <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's just I, you can hear it you can hear it do these guys even like kids? Exactly. Oh, I can tell you right now. You know, you know, that they, you know that there's like a new listener be like, but fuck, my friends told me that this was a good kiss podcast. They've been shitting on the band for two hours. <laughs> oh, uh, it's all good. We love the band. Of course. We're not phony. Tom said it best opening episode. We don't give them foot rubs. No. And when no. we have something to bitch about or that's fucking bugging us we get it out and then you know what happens 
Tom runs out and buys an Advent calendar for fucking the kiss. The same day we're bitching about him. Straight from Taiwan. I'll probably get in February if I'm lucky. Oh, and believe me, I'm telling you right now, we may we may do a live unboxing of that thing. I can't wait to see what's in it. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I opened up December 5th. It's Vinnie Vincent with no head. Well, that's weird. <laughs> The kiss, the <laughs> kiss, new Brazil, the kiss. Oh man! Anyway, Tom, I love I, it. I, I I feel like I got a lot off my chest. How about you? Oh, me too. I love it. That's why we do this. It All makes right. you feel good. It's therapy, like we said. It's therapy. All right, let's move to the next part. That's this. Hi, this is Ed Spangenberg of ClickTeaShop.com, and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At ClickTeaShop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, and this week, our question comes from our good friend and longtime listener, Mr. Jack Pinocchio. All right. So his question is, is a good one here that I don't have an answer to. If for some reason at a show at the last minute, Tommy or Eric couldn't play for some reason, who quickly steps in for them? Like on the reunion tour, when Peter's drum tech had to step in for Peter. So all of a sudden, like Tommy breaks his leg. It was like, oh, shit. What do we do? Um, uh, A tech. It's got to be. It's got to be um, like uh, the simple answer for guitar would be Bruce. Yeah. But Bruce has got his own career going on. I don't know if Bruce is comfortable putting the at this point in his career, putting on the ace makeup. Yep. Could Bruce handle it? I think Bruce could give him a week or two of some stuff and learning. Oh, yeah. He could yeah. handle it uh, for the drums. I don't know. I mean, it's not, obviously not Peter. It probably no. a tech or something like that. Well, see, the th- the difficult thing about answering this question is, and obviously it's a hypothetical, it's like, how far in advance does the band have knowledge that they need a replacement? Like, is yeah. it like, is it like, say, say, God, say, God forbid, uh, Tommy Thayer gets sick, say, God forbid, he comes down with COVID and they know that he's going to miss, the, you know, the next six shows mm-hmm. so they can, they can plan and be like, okay, we need a spaceman. My guess to cover their asses they would probably not say anything and have a tech do it because if they announce Tommy Thayer is sick and, you know, friggin' Richie Blackmore is stepping in to friggin' be the frig, you know, like every, all of a sudden everybody's going to be, you know, that that's going to be the topic of conversation. So I, I bet you whoever it is, we would, we would never know. I think if they got a replacement, it would sell out and people would be dying to see what it's going to be like. So if they got like, 
oh, Scott Ian's going to play in, in this town. Yeah. Uh, John Five is playing in that set. I think that would be great for them. And they all get to wear the makeup. To me, I think that makes the ace argument even like worse. Like, it's not Tommy. Like, Tommy won't get the fucking shit anymore because everyone gets to wear it. And it's part of the gig. So if they had like five different sets and, and five different shows, excuse me, and five different celebrity guitarists played it, I think that's fucking cool wearing the makeup. It's like almost like, uh, you know, like a fantasy camp for these guys. Which is exactly why it would never happen because it sounds fun and cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty good idea. It would be They'd great. Be same thing with the drummers. And ter- oh, absolutely. Charlie Bonanti, he, he loves Kiss and he can play yeah. Kiss. Paint him, paint him up as the cat man. Yeah, and then yeah. be like, what the fuck is this Tears of Falling? I don't know any of this. Music. I don't know this. What is who saying say yeah? Is that a Kiss song? What? <laughs> Where's <Yeah>. she? <laughs> they did music after 1980? <laughs> after known. 1978. Yeah. Yeah, great no, question though, Jack. Yeah, thank you, Jack. We love the hypothetical what ifs with Kiss. Those are always a blast. Uh, but thank you, Jack. Great stuff, buddy. Tom, where can people find us? People can find us on uh, our email is usually the best place. We always start with shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please send us your emails, your comments, concerns, criticism, feedback, etc. Episode ideas. Uh, we read all of them. We will read some of them on the air, um, but we do read all of them. Believe me. And also our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, that's the best place to interact. Uh, even if we're not reading your comments on the show, we are interacting with you on social media, liking and commenting and engaging in the discussion. And of course, DMs, the direct messages as well, too. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, our excellent Patreon family, which we love with a special thanks to Brian Krozel this week. Great stuff. Thank you so much to him and for everybody else. Uh, and the wonderful Pantheon podcast network that we're part of. Great shows. Of course, Carmine at Peace, recent guest, um, our buddy, Jay from uh, the Hook Rocks, and we got uh, Cobras and Fire. We got Decibel Gee. We got Martin Popoff. Tons of great shows. Good guys. So uh, Pantheon's great, and we're happy to be part of that family. And of course, our good friend Ed from Click T Shop, uh, who sponsors our question of the week. Check him out. Click T Shop. Click with a K. Yeah, Tom. I always tell people they can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, we accept those, and we always try to get back to everybody. Uh, you can follow us and subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube. channel. Um, that has been growing a lot, and we love the interaction on YouTube. So thank you. Even if you don't listen or watch, go and subscribe. Do us the favor. Uh, give us one of those five-star child reviews on iTunes. That helps up. Uh, helps us out a lot. And uh, because of that, I think a lot recently, uh, we're we're uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on uh, online because of all those reviews you guys give us, and plus all the listening you guys do, which we greatly appreciate. Absolutely. Uh, you can email us. I said, as Tom said earlier, shout it out loudcast at gmail dot com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail dot com. Uh, also, want to give a quick uh, n- uh, reminder. That our Dokken episode, Back for the Attack, has been released this week. And that is a supersized uh, version of our album review crew episode. Absolutely. Yeah, we had Tony from Restrained on, our friend, helping me, Tom, and Sonny 
this time, it's a great episode. Almost four fucking hours talking about Dawkins. It's awesome. It's a great time. It's a great time. And it was great having Tony on there. He loves Dawkins. He's played uh, with Dawkins. He's toured with them. He's, you know, he's met George Lynch. So, uh, and he's a guitarist himself. So having him on just uh, added a, a ton of extra fun to the episode. So check that out. Uh, you got a month until the next one. So you got plenty of time to catch up on the Dawkins episode there. Perfectly said, Tom. And so we get stuff sometimes. Sonny will be like, hey, why don't you split this up into two episodes? Fuck it. You have a month to listen to the episode. Why do we want to split it into one, two different episodes? I We get it. Most people's commute is not four hours where they can listen to it in one sitting. Take your time with these episodes. Listen to them as much as you want. For us, we enjoy it. We look at it as, hey, if I'm going to talk about uh, an album, I want the kitchen sink out there. I don't want to sit back and be like, Oh man, we should have done that. Oh man, we should have got into that. We like talking about this. It's us. We're not really doing this show to be like, oh, we think you'll listen to this. You'll think you'll like this. Honestly, we do it because this is what we like to talk about. This is us breaking down an album because we want to discuss that with each other. And we feel like you guys will like that discussion. So again, that's why those episodes are are, are really long. And um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, same thing with these episodes. Usually the shout out loudcast regular episodes aren't as long, obviously, as the album review crew, because we're not going to such depth. However, we have noticed that sometimes the feedback gets a little bit. I don't know. What's the word, Tom? Lengthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's and it's a great problem to have. Don't get me wrong. We great, great problem to have. We look at it as like. We want to break down and discuss some thoughts and issues that came up on the episode, but they don't come up till the following week because you guys brought up an idea that we didn't discuss. So we got a chance to continue the episode discussion on the following episode. Yep. So that's how we always uh, uh, saw it. Now, however, there's way too much feedback. So we're going to be a little bit picking and choosing, but we're still going to interact with you guys as much as possible whether it means you know returning an email whether it means you know making a comment on a facebook or twitter comment and some that we don't we we don't get to that's okay and some that we don't we'll do it on the air that's why we don't comment to you i don't know how this is going to work out but we need to kind of cut back a little bit on it we love that you guys interact with us we won't stop interacting with you but we're going to have to you know, slow down on the feedback on our episodes. Yeah, we love it. And like I said, it's a great problem to have. Uh, we're, we're thrilled with it. And uh, we won't stop interacting with you, like Zeus said, you know, uh, with the social media and the emails. Uh, but we do want to keep the, the flow of the show to the point where, you know, half of it is not just that. Um, so we will, we, we will probably start to be a little bit more selective. But, you know, that doesn't have any that doesn't mean that we want you to stop doing what you're doing. So we yeah. just wanted to so get, we just wanted to get that out there. If piss cakes shits himself on another bus and you got a story, chances are it'll be read. Exactly. But that doesn't yeah. mean we want everybody sending us piss cake stories now <laughs> so that we read them on the air. <laughs> Lastly, before we uh, move on to famous last words, either the end of the month or the beginning of the month next month, be on the lookout 
We talked about something coming down when we started this season, but because of so much shout out loud cat stuff going on, we haven't been able to get this thing done, but it's coming and it's coming quickly. And we hope you'll like it, but this was one thing that we've been planning now for over a year and it's going to be hitting you guys shortly. We hope you like it. Won't give it away. Be on the lookout for it. Yeah. If you think, if you guys enjoy listening to us, you will not be disappointed in what's coming down the pike. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so that you do not miss these, uh, these episodes that drop or whatever might be coming your way on social media. So subscribe to us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice so that you don't miss what's coming down the pike sooner than later. So, Tom, with that, do you have any famous last words? Go, baby driver. Don't want to sleep alone. Ooh, (laughs) what a rider. Push that pedal to the floor. Ooh, yeah. We need to have an all-time Hall of Fame. Ooh, (laughs) maybe we'll put that up. Maybe that'll that'll be an upcoming poll. We can put like a photo poll. Be like, we need we need an ooh Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, Carmine is in there, and when he does that, ooh, when he's oh, in that it, Aussie bark at the moon. Uh, oh yeah, the close up when the the camera goes to him, he's like, ooh. <laughs> oh, and definitely our our album review crew, Don Dawkins, is a big fan of the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My darling, want to make love to you. Ooh. All right, Tom, I got a good one for you. I wonder if you'll pick up on this one. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Hasn't been done yet. Well, we could leave tonight for Puerto Rico. Or we could catch a train to FLA. Because with your wedding day around the corner, I get to thinking that you shouldn't wait. That's a good one. It's a good one. Love that fucking song. It's a good one. Oh, Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you so much, uh, especially our Patreon subscribers and our family in there, uh, everybody on social media. We hope you guys enjoyed our annual Talk to Me episode. Uh, we're interested in what your thoughts are. Will we right? Will we wrong? Will we make sense? What do you think? Let us know. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Oh!